beautiful brother doug oh hi the man of the hour the man with the power the man that every month or two finally takes a shower eric how you doing <laughs> what's up glad to be back it's good to have you back we missed you uh oh, thank you you fucking bridesmaid no why not But they're all married. Oh, you're a respectable guy. And a pot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clinton should be joining us soon, but uh, let's get into a little bit of news before we start the episode. By the way, the episode is uh, another rivalry retrospective, the eighth one we're doing. And we're uh, talking about Triple H versus The Rock, one of the greatest feuds of all time. It's going to be fun, staple of the Attitude Era. Uh, but first, there is something we have to address. The old man's retired. I mean, from being chairman and CEO. I mean, more than likely he's going to, because you can't get rid of a bad rash completely. Yeah. Like, the remnants of a rash will still be there for, for a while. So he's stepping down as CEO? Yeah. CEO and chairman. Uh, we don't know if he's stepping down from his creative responsibilities yet, which, to be honest with you, creative responsibilities and Vince McMahon's kind of an oxymoron. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's he's retiring, obviously. It has a lot to do with the uh, Wall Street Journal report, so everybody make sure you send a Christmas card to the Wall Street Journal people <laughs> this year uh, that they finally were able to dig up enough dirt on this old asshole to get him to fuck out. No, they can just do that with yeah, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to start anything. Okay. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> Eric, how do you feel about this whole situation? First of all, I just want to thank Vince for bringing, bringing wrestling to the fans. Besides, besides the point of all the accusations, he, he did... There wouldn't be wrestling today without Vince. I mean, part of the reason why there's wrestling. So I, I just wanted to say thank you about that. Other than that, yeah, I'm dead, glad he's retired. You wouldn't have modern day wrestling without him. Well, yeah. there'd be no wrestling on cable. Right. I it, it would have just stayed in the territories had not he done everything he did. See, he is the father of wrestling, or he's the father of sports he's entertainment. He's the father of national wrestling, for yeah. sure. Because he he did something, he brought it to a national stage. It was at its peak in the 80s. It was at its peak, you know, in the late in 90s and early 2000s. He did a good job. The problem is, is that he, he got old. And when you get old, 
you get clueless. Yeah. And especially in that profession. Like, uh, another example, I think, would be Jerry Jones has to be close to retiring, right? I would think so. Yeah. All right. Vince McMahon is the Jerry Jones of wrestling because he owns this billion-dollar corporation, but yet the Cowboys really haven't been that good in years. No, I agree. But uh, the only thing with this is Stephanie's the chairwoman now. Yeah. Do you think she's going to do that much differently from her father? I do think – well, I don't think Nick Khan's going anywhere because he's going to be co-CEO with her. Yeah. I do think the only uh, way Bruce Pritchard stays around is if he gets a sex change and Stephanie doesn't realize it's him. Now, question. You said Nick Khan. Is that is he related to the Khan with the age? Just, just as stupid, but no. Okay. Uh. Don't talk about Eric's boyfriend like that. Well, <laughs> hey. I'm just kidding. I know. Some of the stuff I online you. I see from you, though. Glennis, how you doing? Hello. I think he's good. Glennis. All right. What were you saying before? I was just saying that all I was saying was that, like, he just – Vince McMahon did a lot of good. I think he did about twenty, twenty, or about twenty-five, thirty years of good. Yeah. I, I don't think things really started to go downhill until it became until it got to the point where he realized steam is going away. You need to push some new stars. Okay. Another question for you. Sure. Now you said Stephanie is going to be a co. CEO. Yes. Do you think she's really going to be making her own decisions, or do you think Vince is going to be telling her what to do, and then she just does them? Or do you think she's really going to run the company herself? I think it's going to be a mix. I don't think there's a definitive answer to that. I think she's probably still going to take advice from her father. I don't know if she's going to take every word as gospel. I don't think she's going to try to change the I don't think she's going to try to break the wheel and rebuild it. Okay. I think she's going to do normal WWE stuff, and I think that with the product we're getting right now, we're probably going to continue to get it for a while. The so only, the fans that are have are upset with the creative, I, I don't know if that's going to change much. I do think the only change I can see her making is Pritchard going bye-bye. Pritchard going bye-bye and Triple H being the head. Well, the, Triple H is already head of talent relations. But he should be head booker. So, I mean, he could be. Uh, I I also believe... The amount of shit you, we've talked about Triple H on this podcast, and I think he should be the guy running sex. Yeah. Uh, Clintus, if you're there, do you have a uh, opinion here? That's a no. He does Keep not. Going. All right. Uh, but, like, the thing with, the thing with uh, Triple H and Stephanie is that I think this is what they've always wanted, but I don't think that this is a circumstance. They, they wanted Vince to hand over the keys, you know, willfully. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that. He's got a fucking journal that is basically trying to take his ass down. Well, yeah, but this is bound to happen. It happens to everybody. No one is above cancel culture. And your old shit is always going to be dug up and fucking examined, and you're going to look like a fucking scrub. Oh, we're screwed in 20 years. No, well, I might we're be. we're good actual people that that don't do this dirty shit like he does. But 
uh, the stuff we say is going to get looked into and we're going to get canceled for sure. Uh, just probably in this episode alone. But uh, what, what happened here, it, it, he thought the, the problem with guys like Vince and the owners and bosses like Vince is he, he's like a Walt Disney that created his own universe. Uh, it was his way or the highway for like 50 fucking years. Anyone that had a problem with him's out. Any, any, like, no one's challenging authority. Everything goes through him. There's one de facto leader, and that's him. But that can be an issue because nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. People fuck up. He's not immune to that, and he obviously fucked up. Right. But he was the guy for so long, and that's why he took all the credit. He took all the blame. But he, it was just one person, and, he, and when you get like that, you think you can do whatever the fuck you want. And he thought he could do whatever he wants. And obviously now the law is finally catching up with him, but he thought it was his world because that's what we all made him think. All of us, even you talking as much shit as you did, you looked up to Vince McMahon at one point and you loved what he put on and you watched it every single week and you prayed for more and more of it. All right. So I I agree to that first. Yeah. Before you make a different point. Well, that's true. It is true because he had some really good products. Yeah. And it was because of him. Now, I think WCW, I think, had better talent to a point. But then when, you know, other people started getting bigger heads, Vince McMahon never had a big head. No. Because he wanted to make sure everybody was important. But again, like I said earlier, you get to be a certain age, you don't like doing different stuff anymore. No. All right. And it's it got nothing to do with what kind of person you are. It's just your mentality. Because when you hit after 75 of, and the our 75 and over crowd is probably going to get mad at me if they're not already in bed. Uh, but they're going to, um, but like when you get to be over 75, you know, your brain just kind of is just like you're set one way. And that way is, okay, I, this is what we're going to do. I don't like to change. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah, but this stuff, it stems from a whole lot more than just, you know, bad creative. And I know that's all the fans and us and stuff cares about. But if he really, like, sexually harassed some people, I haven't really looked in these charts, so I can't say anything. But, you know, that, that shit's dirty. And that it's a stain on a... No matter what you want to say and how much you want to talk shit and, oh, that sucked for ten this last 10 years, yes, there's valid arguments to be made. But he is an icon for wrestling. And the, one of the biggest ones they have, he is an absolute legend when it comes to the business. And it sucks that his legacy stained. But it, and it's his own fault, and that blows even more. But, the, like, the biggest name ever in wrestling, the person that brought us all these great moments that Eric likes to shit on. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, Eric. But uh, all these great moments, I'm just kidding, all these awesome moments, and fucking Hulk Hogan and Andre and Rockin' Austin, and this stained that legacy. And, and, it, and it happened when he was, like, even too old to defend himself. But, you know, if he did all this shit, it, it, he's got to get brought to justice just like everybody. Okay, so Hulk Hogan did something very, uh, very bad, but yeah. he, did, he got caught seven years after he did. Yeah. Okay. But people have kind of forgiven him. Yeah, but... But he's not necessarily in the spotlight anymore. No. Ric Flair uh, 
spun his uh, pecker around on a woman didn't get caught till 20 years after. Yeah. Okay. And nobody but, cared. But they only but they only cared for about five six weeks, and now he sold out National Auditorium. Yeah. You know for Starcast. Alright, so like you're go- if you get caught doing shit, it doesn't matter, you know, when it happened, like they're still going to judge you. Eventually they will forgive you. Well, they as in the fan and first of all, it's like the fan that like I'm the only one that's saying anything about the allegations. We're you guys are just talking about the wrestling. And so you guys aren't even thinking about that anymore. That's a you're already over it. A lot of the fans are already over. They don't give a shit. All they care about is the wrestling. So uh, that I think there is an element to that. But when you talk about legal and running a company, that that stuff is going to be per- like he's done. He's not coming back. It's over. He yeah. got looked into. And I think like the creative and shit's going to be done soon too. I think he's very soon just going to be Vince McMahon's done with the WWE. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, and nobody yep. is saying that what he did, you know, was right. And it, no, that's no. the thing is that like he did if he did what he did. What they're accusing him of doing, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, you're done. Yeah. All right? Uh, yeah. You know, they called Hugh Hefner an icon for years. Yeah. All right? I think he always kind of had a dirty... Right. But, like, they called him an icon for years because he had this huge mansion, beautiful girls. Uh, Very popular well, magazine. Well, beautiful girls after about $5,000 worth of surgery. But... Uh, you know, a very popular magazine, like you said, but he was deep down, he was a dirty old bastard. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of stories, like from the girls now, are coming out. That well, I... yeah, because he's not here to defend himself. Yeah. See, Vince can still technically defend himself, but he's also getting at that age Great where chance. it's just like, you know what? I'm going to take the owl here. Uh, you he know, obviously did it. No one's saying like anything. He obviously did it. He he's not gonna de- he's not gonna die like the whole steroid thing he didn't necessarily deny but he also kind of banked on the fact that the people that were accusing him of taking the steroids like the former wrestlers yeah that were called to testify against him were bigger pieces of shit than he was now in this latest thing what is it that he's being accused of yes he had an affair with people and gave money. money okay so it's the illegal. Yeah. I do Does think there might be a. Fun? I think there's a sexual harassment type deal with hush money too, but I I'm gonna have to actually look it up so we don't say anything incorrect. So keep talking while I do that, so we still have yeah. a good show, Doug. Quinnis, are you here yet? He's clearly not. I'm not him. I don't know if something's happening. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Hello. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I've been yelling at the phone this whole time. <laughs> we haven't heard anything until now. Uh, how do you feel about this whole thing? Oh, man. So, I feel like this. I, you know, it's, I look at it the undercover way, and someone tells me that more news is going to come out with the whole Wall Street Journal thing. And I think Events is the way it's just kind of doing this now, just to 
Stay safe because I in a way the Wall Street is like kicking them out of the WWE. And I think it's well long overdue to tell you the truth. I think it's long overdue. I think it was time for Vince to retire a while ago. Yeah. So in a way they're they're forcing them out. And I know that it's all like entertainment and stuff too, but is anyone like like why is anyone that surprised at the guy that brought you the broad panties match and having making Trish Stratus get na- or get half naked and bark like a dog and HLA and all that shit of sexual misconduct? Mario, why is anyone not- that surprised? I'm not. I, I'm not either. And I'm the not. thing is that like we. We still don't know, you know, it said it was like, you know, four uh, female members of the roster or something like that, or at least one female member of the roster from 2005. Yeah. I mean, everybody's pretty much settled on who it is, but I'm not going to say her name. Uh, Not that I think she listens to this show, but I also don't want to deal with the backlash. Does she get plowed by a beast incarnate? No. Oh, never mind. Uh, no, she's a redhead. Oh, okay. A redheaded diva search winner. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't there only one? <laughs> the only redheaded diva search winner? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to say her name still. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, she won the damn thing 18 years ago. Now you're giving them the exact date. <laughs> you're still giving all the information. Go look her up. Indirectly. Uh... Does anyone have anything else on this? Because we've been talking about Vince a lot lately. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that. I don't know if this is true, but I've seen it. Uh, Brock walked out on SmackDown. Have you seen that? It's floating around social media. All right. Is it real? All right. So here would be my thoughts on that. Vince McMahon is huge on Brock Lesnar. Okay. If Vince McMahon is no longer in charge, Brock Lesnar probably feels like, okay, these other assholes aren't as stupid as Vince is. They're going to realize that keeping me around is just a waste of fucking money. So they're going to get rid of my ass because I'm probably the biggest contract here. So before I give them the chance to fire me and then I go to jail for murdering all of them, I'm just going to walk. So he just walked out because Vince isn't the CEO anymore? To be honest with you, I, I would yeah. not be surprised if that were the reason. Is that the rumor? Yeah. I don't know if that's the actual rumor, but that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm asking Eric. Because <laughs> he seems to Yeah, and that's what people are speculating. That he said, if Vince is not here, I'm out. That's funny as fuck. I mean, it, it, again, though, like, if you get inside my head, be careful of the squirrels juggling knives. But if you get inside my head, like, you'll actually, like, kind of, you'll see where I'm coming from. No, I see where you're coming I mean, from. you'll die in there, but you'll see where I'm coming from. So they're thinking about Goldberg, apparently, to replace him. Goldberg and Roman, baby. Again? Again. Um, We're getting nice new Get John Cena. I I'm glad see... John Cena didn't. I did see your boyfriend's post, Derek, and it was quite funny. It was. Tony Khan posted today. He's going to send it. 
Uh, I am honored you to be the longest tenured CEO but, in the wrestling hey. business. <laughs> <Really>? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny as fuck. All right. So, but the mighty, all the mighty do fall, Tony. So watch your ass, bud. All right. You better not be doing any fucking backstage bullshit because they'll catch you. Well, and here's the thing, too. Eric Bischoff was high and mighty mm-hmm. back from 90, what, 95, 96, so about 98. And look what happened to him. In 99, he got sent home. And just in today's climate as a whole, you're, every, every single person that has a rise will have a fall from grace because that's how society is programmed nowadays. Well, pride cometh before fall. Yeah. yeah. No matter how you – even like – they try to cancel like Tom Hanks. Or, like universally beloved people get fucking canceled. Like, I, I won't be surprised yep. if it's a hot take, but people try to find out some shit about Betty White now that she's gone. Oh, yeah. It's just that everyone, they just love to ruin legacies, so. Well, you know, you brought up Tom Hanks. I mean, here's the funny thing. When COVID first became a thing, you know, no, oh, it's just a flu. Everybody's going to be fine. Okay. Tom Hanks posts on social media, hey, I got it. Oh, my God, we got to shut everything down. <laughs> Holy shit, Tom Hanks has it. That means we're all going to fucking die. Yeah, but now they, they think he's a scumbag and he was hanging out with uh, that one dude and all that shit. But we won't, we won't talk about all that yeah. political shit. Uh, can we get into the topic? What are we doing again? Yes. Uh, rivalry <laughs> retrospective, we are talking about The Rock and Triple H. Kenneth, I'm going to start with you. Do you think that this is one of the great, one of Triple H's greatest rivals, The Rock is? I'll say one of the greatest, yes. I'll take top three. I think top, top two. Uh, I would definitely say, I would actually agree with Eric, and I might have to retire after saying this. But uh, I would actually say top two. I would say Shawn Michaels, then I would say The Rock. Wow. (laughs) That was exactly who I was. Number one was. (laughs) Can I get fired from this show? I've been working on it for years. Uh, (laughs) Who who would your number two be if he's top three, Clintus? Like Shawn and then who else before The Rock? I'll I'll put Sean on there. Also, I'm also thinking about the thing he did with um Austin too. I'm saying Austin. Him and Austin had a cool. Where we tag it? Yeah. It didn't last that long. Can't forget about Mick. Can't forget about Mick Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley. Mick Mick Foley. Mick Foley. I, I hit an Undertaker when they were programmed. They did pretty good together. Yeah. I have a soft spot for the too. Batista, Kurt yeah. Angle. Batista. Yeah, yeah, Kurt a little bit with the whole Stephanie shit. Yeah. I, I mean, Jericho. Him him Not Jericho. I don't think those two clicked. Are you kidding? I don't. You were there for that WrestleMania match that sucked. Yeah, the WrestleMania match sucked, but the rise of Jericho was... Yeah, yeah, that had a lot to do with Triple H. You're right. I don't know if he's his best. That had to do. No, I would put. No, I would say I would put him at either ten or. I'd put Randy up there. I would definitely put. Well, yeah. 
Him and Randy, it depended. It, like, they could click off and on. Yeah, they've had good and bad matches. Cena. Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. I, th- I thought the WrestleMania match was really good. That's just me. I, I, I like No, I've seen in Triple H. Had what about Big Show? Yeah, a little bit. And Eric said earlier, Kane. I mean, him and Kane. Uh, no. Katie Vick ruins that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if they're going to show that in the courtroom against Vince. What if they just put a compilation of all the fucked up shit that he's had, like, kind of against women on TV? Oh, he's in trouble. And him with, like, Tori Wilson and shit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, Triple H has had some good rivals, but, no, I I would definitely say, like, Sean would be number one, Rock would be number two. Yeah. He passes uh, the three for me. And the, the funny thing about this, and I'm going to poke a hole in one of your great arguments on this show, Doug, because the funny thing about this rivalry is it's the complete opposite of Sean. And it's the complete opposite of what you say about Triple H every fucking time we talk about him. You say that Triple H will only work with his friends. Not true, as here. Because him and Rock have had... They don't like each other. They didn't like each other. They described it as a very competitive, very, you know, real-life kind of beef. But they made each other go better. Like, they were not... They didn't fucking, like, hate each other. But they weren't friends. They still aren't friends. But they didn't. They never really clicked. But they had great chemistry in the ring. They together. they did have great chemistry, and I know at one point, uh, like they were supposed to work with each other at thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, thirty two, in in Dallas, and but uh, which is they say that that's the reason why Triple H had to beat Sting at thirty one, uh, because then they were going to do the segment later on in the show to build. Triple H and Rock for 32. Yeah. But then as the event uh, okay. closer, Rock's people, because Rock would tell, would tell his, his agencies, be like, you know, I got to train for, got to train for this match. They want me to do this wrestling match. And his people would be like, no, yeah. you're not doing it. Because they just about shit their pants when he tore his abdomen at 29. Yeah. Uh, and they had to prolong the Hercules movie. Yeah. So that's when his people, uh, by the way, his ex-wife being one of them. Yeah. And you don't want to piss you don't want to piss her off when you're still paying her alimony. Who in this business? Uh, you're gonna go do WrestleMania for two million, or go do the new Jumanji for fifteen? You know. Well, no, I no, I agree. I agree with you. So like the fact that like you know they were supposed to work with each other at thirty two, and which I think is just such bullshit. Like, unless you have it, like, stamped in, like, blood or something like that, you cannot just guarantee. Because, again, Rock is the biggest movie star in the world, or one of. And his first passion is not wrestling anymore. No. His first passion right now is actually buying all his relatives' houses now that he's making over a billion dollars. (laughs) He has his own brand now, too. Yeah. He's got his own, like, I mean, the dude's a multi-million fucking... 
he's got the the energy drink. He's got tequila. He's I, the XFL's launching next year. I'm pretty sure under him. They're bringing the fucking XFL yep. back. Yeah. After he bought it, he has yeah. his own shoe. <laughs> he's got his own shoe. He's a ambassador for the UFC. He fucking he does a lot of shit. The Rocks are everywhere. The Rock He's the, the biggest man. man in the world, probably. That isn't like a politician. I, I, well, I don't know if they do shit. I, I guarantee you this. If he... He'll probably run like, for president. I, mean, I know he's gonna own, he owns the XFL or yeah. whatever, but do not be surprised that if in like five, ten years he's owning an NFL team. Yeah. I, I could see that happening, and I could see it being the Dolphins. Yeah. Because he's a proud man from Miami. I don't know if... Or the uh, LA Rams. As much as I, and I'll watch the XFL again because I really wanted that to succeed the first time. Sucks the COVID and shit. Because yeah, like there was like studs like that PJ Walker looked yeah. really good. Well, and that that Seattle team. Yeah. Uh, they were they packed forty thousand people in their stadium the first week. Yeah. Okay. Which nobody thought that any of that shit was going to work. Yeah. But. 40,000 people for a game that's not the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, it was going good, and the games were actually pretty good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, this pandemic thing hits. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, it all goes to hell. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, and I, I, a lot of people have, like, a lot of conspiracy theories about, about COVID, but I don't want to really get into them because a lot of it's political. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, but, no, as far as Triple H and Rock goes, if you go back to 1997, their, their very first match on television, which was a Thursday Raw Thursday, February 13, 1997 is the date, okay? He was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, right? He was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Rocky Maivia. And... and and Rocky Maivia, first match. Now, there's three days off from a pay-per-view. And Hunter is supposed to defend the Intercontinental title at that pay-per-view against Ahmed Johnson. My boy Ahmed. Okay. Well, what happened was, uh, even though Hunter was technically feuding with Goldust at the time, they needed gold dust in a six man because they needed a good work for the nation of domination. Uh, so they put him in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Did they get cut off? I think, I think so. Oh boy. He was talking and then they just went out. <laughs> I know. You see. Hello? Uh-huh. Alex. Hey, boys. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we lost connection. I'm calling from the phone. Oh, no. uh, where were we? All right. So, the very first match that they had, uh, you know, blog talks. You know, getting sick of us. Uh, <laughs> very first match they had three days before a pay per view. Rocky was actually supposed to be part of a six man, I think, because I think he was supposed to do the thing against the nation. 
and it was supposed to be Hunter and Ahmed. Well, Ahmed got hurt, you know, big surprise. So they're like, all right, we're going to try something here. So they had Rocky pull off an upset on this Thursday Raw Thursday over Hunter. He won the title. He won the title, and then they did the rematch the next night, or three nights later at the pay-per-view. And uh, so then, you know, things just kind of took off, and Rock had a, you know, nice little run with the belt, but then, you know, when people were saying, die, Rocky, die, they weren't necessarily fond of the ring. Because it was kind of that too hard, too fast. Yeah. But then fast forward later, and they're both running groups, you know, a year later, yep. and then things really took off. Yeah, and it's this is when, and this is one of my favorite eras of their rivalry. Early on, because these two have had kind of simu- simultaneously. 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 Simultaneous. And uh, <laughs> Simon's anus. And they they rose up at the same time. So they've always had parallel careers, except Triple H was kind of the guy with the boys, with the click and everything, and Rock was this, you know, son, great, uh, third-generation wrestler, uh, good guy, you know. Two kind of different guys and rising up at the same time. And to me, they were like perfect rivals. Uh, I will always be a Rock and Austin guy, but Rock and Triple H was a damn good feud, and you got to give them credit for uh, carrying the year 2000 on their back when Austin was out. We'll get to that part. Oh, I definitely right agree now, with that. Absolutely. I don't know how you couldn't, and we'll get to that. But uh, right now, I mean, they were two young, hungry guys. Uh, were there big matches before the ladder match? I'll let you kind of lead up to that. Okay. Uh, June 15th, 1998, it was a big episode of Raw. Or actually, no, not June 15th. It was June 22nd, 1998. It was a big episode of Raw because you had four uh, four matches in the uh, the fourth first round, actual first round matches in the King of the Ring tournament. So not the qualifiers, but the first round. Uh, so technically the quarterfinals. And... Rock and Triple H was one of those matches in in a quarterfinal. So it wasn't going to be done on pay-per-view. It was going to be done on Raw. On TV. Uh, by the way, and, and it wasn't necessarily – the main event of that show – well, the main event segment of that show was Kane dropping blood on Austin to prepare for the first blood. But, like – if you look at, like, uh, some of the big matches on, like, the other channel, you know what the main event match of that Nitro was? Who was it? Kevin Green and the Giants. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> now, technically, the main event match of Raw was Billy Gunn and Mankind. But you also had on that show, you had Kane and the Road Dog. You had a qualifier between Mark Merrill and Jeff Jarrett, a qualifier between D'Lo Brown and, and Dan Severn, and a qualifier between uh, – or no, not, or between Dan Severn and Owen Hart, I'm sorry, and a qualifier between Ken Shamrock and Mark Henry, yeah. and plus Rock and Triple H. So that episode of Raw was fucking – it was stacked like a club sandwich, okay? Yeah. 
so like that episode and it just Rock and Triple H and the fact that you know Rock was able to get the win and then afterwards, you know, they did this thing where they were both champions and then Rock cost Triple H the European title before they were supposed to go title for title at Fully Loaded. Yeah. And then when Triple H tried to cost uh, the um, the Rock the Intercontinental title later on in the night, the referee that missed the call where D'Lo Brown beat Triple H is the referee that came down and told the referee that was doing the match, oh, no, don't count that. Triple H hit the pedigree. So he blew the call earlier, but he made sure that this referee couldn't blow the call. And then China punched him in the balls and kicked him in the head. This is BBC Triple H at this point. Yes. So, I mean, I personally, I believe that Triple H always needed to be the heel. Rock needed to be the baby face. Are we, what was there in the first pay-per-view match? Uh, Final 497, which I believe we've actually covered on this show. Yeah. I agree to an extent. I actually, no, when, if you want to go further back, Triple H was in Rock's debut. Oh, and on the other Survivor Series. Yeah. Holy shit. He was with King. King, which I personally love that match. Yeah. Because uh, you have Crush, and I've always been a fan of Brian Adams. Gary the King Lawler, to me, in late night, in mid to late 90s WWF, when he would take his bump and he would scream like a jackass. Yeah. He was awesome. Goldust was great. Hunter was a great bad guy. Yeah. And then on the other side, you had Jake the Snake Roberts, who I was always a fan of, but unfortunately here he was past his prime. Yeah. Uh, you had Barry Windham, whose conditioning was horrible. And no, you did not have Barry Windham. He yeah. was not present. You had the stock. Yeah. They were calling him Barry Windham during the match. <laughs> JR didn't give a fuck. Uh, and JR also had no problem pointing out that he was getting fat, too. Uh which is ironic. Yeah. Oh, God, you can point out that Barry Windham's getting fat, but God forbid somebody points out that JR's commentary isn't as good as it used to be. And, you know, that person gets sentenced to hell. It does suck now. Yeah. But, and then you also had Mark Merrill, who was the captain of that team, and I've always been, I was always a fan of Johnny B. Bad. Not so much Mark Merrill, so but, like, that match was actually, like, really funny because it had some funny moments in there, and Rock looked really good. Yeah. But, like, when Jake the Snake Roberts took the DDT, and he took that front base, he's like, whoa! And then uh, afterwards, you know, King, er, and the way, like, he kind of flopped after he took the DDT on his back. Yeah. And uh, JR goes, we'll see you later, King. We'll see you on Raw tomorrow night. can <laughs> you... To me, that match, it was actually, like, that was probably the third best match, the third best match on the card with uh, Brett and Undertaker being, or, no, Brett and Austin being first, the, the best match on the card. Yeah. And then you had Undertaker and Mankind, who've never had a bad match. Yeah. And then you had this one. This match, uh, this Survivor Series 96 match, the elimination match, I believe was actually better than Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Snake. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
And to be honest with you, I think that this was actually the best match that Sean and Sid ever had. The Royal Rumble match was pretty cool. Yeah. It was a good story. Yeah. No, oh, it was a great story. It's just Sid didn't give a fuck. Uh, so hmm. let's go to that 504 then. Okay. What was the match? It was Rock versus Triple H. It was Rock defend. It was Rocky defending the Intercontinental Title against Helmsley in the rematch. So this is Babyface Rock. Correct. And then he won. He won with a little help from Goldust. Yeah. And then China debuted and shook the shit out of Marlena. I remember that. Yeah. Uh. So let, let's go. Can we get to the ladder match, for the love of God? Yeah. What's the first? I don't know what I'm thinking for. You're going to get a foot up your ass. <laughs> Was SummerSlam 97 or 98? 98. 98. This is one of my favorite ladder matches of all time. I love this match as a kid. It's one of the first ladder matches I've ever seen. And I agree with you that... Heel Triple H and Babyface Rock are the way to go, but I think this is the one example that where we're wrong. Because Rock was a damn good heel here, and him and the nation, the way they were treating poor China. Oh, poor China. Do you remember? Do you remember? Or do any of you guys remember that segment from Raw the week before? Yeah, dude. It was, like, uncomfortable to watch when Rock was, like, touching her cheeks and shit. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing it as a kid, like, damn, dude, Rock was like a scumbag. And then, you know, when they uh, they barricaded DX in the locker room with a forklift. Yeah. And oh, wow. And then Shawn Michaels came out and smacked Mark Henry with the chair. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so uncomfortable, because I remember actually watching that episode of Raw Live. And it was funny, again, Nitro was on that night, but we had to keep it on on Raw to see because all day that day, and I remember this, Papa and I were talking about, because it was said, like it was like they uh, announced it as China was going to wrestle The Rock. That's what they announced. Now, it was bullshit because it was just a segment. But that's what they announced it as. And Papa and I all day are just like, is this really going to happen and how bad do you think China's going to beat the shit out of this guy? Mm-hmm. So it had us talking all day. Yeah. Now, again, it turned out to be a segment. But it was a segment that you finally got to see China be vulnerable. Yeah, that was like the first time. I think that's what was so intriguing about it. Because everyone's like as strong as she is, but she really is. And I mean, nowadays you get heat for saying it, But she really is just like a, a good, wholesome woman. You yeah. know? And, and the, the thing is, is it was five on one, or actually no, four on one, because Godfather was hurt. Yeah, she was still legit and tough, and I don't think it ruined her legitness or her toughness. But it was she was kind of being ganged up on, and The Rock was like pinching her cheeks and like calling her a cutie and shit. It was like holy shit, dude. Rock could really play a scumbag when he needed to. That heel nation Rock run is so underrated in his career. Exactly. Oh yeah. Uh. But that's where we got to see the whole people champion thing, and it was yeah. <clears throat> I mean, '98 is probably the WWF's like it was its first great year. Yeah. In about, I mean, even though I I love 1990, 1991, 1992, 
Mm-hmm. But if you look at it financially, yeah. those years stuck. Yeah. Okay. Now I think the content was good. We're in 1990. Yeah. They didn't talk. This is still okay. It, it was still okay, but you had, but your Saturday night's main events weren't drawing anymore. Yeah. Okay. And you picked a guy as the champion who it was a fucking failure. And then, uh. It was just because it was a situation. It was just on all the time. In 1990? Yeah, I think people get a bit tired. I, I think you get tired. And it's also, too, uh, there has to be a point where you have to realize, okay, you had something that works, but you also do have to try something new. Yeah. And they tried something new with the Warrior, but it didn't work. Because one, Hogan was really good with kicks. Well, yeah, and you got to think to that point, he had, Hogan was already, you know, eating his vitamins and saying his prayers for like six years by then. Yeah, uh, but Hogan was really good with the kids. Warrior didn't like kids at right. that time. Now he ended up having two daughters of his own, but that was later on after he finally got out of the wrestling business. Yeah, but Warrior not being a draw wasn't the problem. Warrior was a draw. How did Warrior not? He drew. He just couldn't hang, so that he they had to put the belt because back it was expo- it was over. It was he was exposed. Was the business not hot in '92? I didn't know this. Well, I thought it was still rocking until like '93, and then '93 to '90. Well, because they were just going into that transition. Yeah. All right, and uh, like, and this is one of the things I want to talk about in uh, you know the next several weeks. Yeah, like. You had Flair who you wanted to, your big program to be Flair and Hogan. But, you know, because Flair and Hogan only drew, uh, I think they only drew like 2,500 people in Atlanta's Omni. Yeah. Which, by the way, that building seats only about 5,000 5, people. Yeah. Well, it doesn't fit a lot of people to begin with. But because they only, because they didn't draw that well, it's just like, okay, it's not going to work. Well, first of all, Atlanta's WCW territory, and the WWF is crotch rock in that area. Uh, so, but like 92 was just like, you know, you had P- uh, the older guys who were, you know, they had been there for a while, yeah. and a lot of them were starting to realize, oh, my God, we've been here for a while. They're going to take us out in the back, and they're going to shoot us. Right. Let's, let's move on to Rocky Triple H. What you asked a question. I did ask a question. You had already answered it, though. Okay. Uh, that ladder match is one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. I thought the finish was really good. A rock went, or Triple H went over. Uh, the Rock did the job. Uh, I like how they did the. He had the baby powder and Rock's face. They, they or not Rock's face, and Triple H's face, and they were trying to fuck him over. Yeah. And uh, he could barely see the title. And Rock was about to win it. And you're like, oh, God, Rock's going to get it. And as a kid, I never understood because I didn't know heel babyface. I just knew the guy. And I remember watching these OVHS tapes. Like, in one area, I'm supposed to cheer for him. And then another area, like, JR is really mean to him. And I was like, wow, JR's kind of an asshole. He's two-faced. Because, like, uh, on a couple of these matches, he's saying the Rock's the best thing ever. And here he's saying he's a scumbag. Yeah. So it's like, fuck JR. But I was a kid and stupid. But the 
The Rock reaching for the title and then China hitting a low blow in his face, he sold that perfectly. Well, and here's the thing. Like, usually with a low blow, it's usually about – it's an uppercut, right? Right. Yeah. And um, more, most of the time, the forearm is what hits the, hits the nasty. Yeah. The way she did it, it was a straight punch. It was a straight to the ball. It, it was a straight punch right in between both testes. Yeah, and it, it looked like it so. The reason why I'm pretty sure he sold it is because it fucking hurt. <laughs> his face was like, uh, "This is a video." His face was fucking. Hilarious. Yeah, he made that look like a million bucks, and then he fell off the ladder, and Triple H got the win. It was a nice, good moment for DX after all the the bad shit the heels put them. Yeah, and but then you know, a few weeks, yeah, and then a few weeks later, you know, Hunter tore his uh, or Hunter had to get you know knee surgery done. Yeah. He had a bad knee, but he needed to have that moment. Yeah. And he got it. When's the next time they need? Uh, well, also, Eric, in Clinic, what did you think of that ladder match? I thought it was good. I thought it was great. It was one of the best matches that year. Yeah, I think it was one of the best, like, under um, start to a rivalry you can actually start. I really, at the time, I really did think I put it up there next to them, um, Razor Ramon and um, Michael still. I like right. that better. But, yeah. But the thing about, the thing about this match is because it was a rivalry technically involving two groups. Yeah. But it was also it was the head of the groups going at because that clash they had on like Raw where it was like the two stables fighting against each other. Or was the that street a street fight, right? Yeah, was that a pay per view or was that Raw? No, that was a Raw. That was uh, that was when uh, Rock beat him up with the ladder. Yeah, that was so cool. as a kid to me, and I don't know there was, and I know everyone puts on games for street fights. I know that's not nothing new, but it was one of the first time I saw it when I was a kid. And seeing Road Dog pull up in the jeans, I was like, shit is serious. Yeah, and what's funny is the fact that like when Triple H had to go, I think it was four on one because I'm pretty sure at that time Godfather had already been taken out by Bart. Yeah, and when Triple H had to go four on one because Jeff Jarrett and. Uh, Southern Godwins uh, had to, uh, you know, came out. They took out the Outlaws and they took out yeah, the Godwins for any. Southern Justice was basically the Godwins repackaged. Being serious. Yeah, being serious, which is stupid. Uh, I thought it could have worked. Yeah. Um, No. No. but, like, when they came out and they laid out the Outlaws and Xbox, and then you're starting to realize, oh, my God, Triple H is fucked. Yeah. They built it up nicely, so he got the win in the end. And it was really good. Yeah. The next time they wrestled each other was the night after Rock Bottom. Oh, so that's a one. That, so now we're skipping way ahead. They're not fighting for the Intercontinental Championship anymore. It's not two young men grabbing that brass ring. Rock is the world heavyweight champion. Right. And... Yep. DX is feuding with the corporation, and Triple H impersonates The Rock again. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, because we got to talk about the DX impersonating the nation. That was fucking hilarious. And even JR saying, who is this Yahoo impersonating Owen Hart? Now, Xbox Mark Henry doesn't age well. No. 
But none of, none of them age well. They, I would not say do this again ever because, you, I mean, blackface ain't right. It's fucking, it, it's, it's well, disrespectful. How did he do blackface, though, right? As Rock? No, he did. He, he did. did? Yeah, he had like a tan and everything. Yeah, he did. But he was calling himself the Croc. Yeah, you smell what the crack it is. Did not, it did not work, like, at all. I mean, Road Dog kind of made it work because Road Dog's used to having, like, camouflage paint on your face. It doesn't age well. Leave it in the past. Yeah. But as a – it was entertaining, you know, watching it as a kid. Uh, Clintus, what do you remember those segments? Did you enjoy them? Oh, man. I, I thought that was – wow. That was something different. Yeah. I think if you, 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 I, I don't know what to say because I feel like if I say it, it's not going to be right for the show. When I first saw it, when I was a kid, I said this was like a lot of racist at the time. <laughs> and now it's just like, yeah. Super racist. But now when you watch it now, it's just like, wow, this is, <laughs> it's funny yeah. because you get it. Well, as a kid and a child, it's just like, wow, this is super out there. Yeah. And especially because this is the baby face is making fun of the bad guy. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of icky on all levels now. But, you know, a lot has changed in 30 years, uh, 20, 30 years, something like that. Uh, over 25, yeah. It, it can be known as a funny segment, but let's keep it in the past. Yeah, and then, like, when they did it again, and, like, they did this segment. Well, the corporation was more white guys, though, right? Yeah, so I don't think rocked. anyone wasn't. Yeah. yeah, no. And I don't even think Hunter did uh, the blackface this time. Yeah, I don't remember. But, and then they had the match, and, of course, that had to be the debut of the of Tess. That was his debut that night. Uh, he came out. He helped Rock win. And then, uh, you know, they did a couple more things like tag matches or something like that. Then they had the I Quit match the night after the Royal Rumble. What's the best Tess match of all time? The best Tess match of all time? Yeah. Greenwich Street Fight against Chain at SummerSlam 99. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. All right. Uh, they had the I Quit match the night after the Royal Rumble '99 when Rock won the title back or won the title back from Mankind. Yeah. Hunter challenged him to an I Quit match, and they came out. Or, or the corporation came out and threatened to attack China unless Triple H said I quit. Well, Triple H, you know, being loyal to China, said, "All right, fuck it, I quit." Gets in ring, checks on China. China then gets him in the nuts yeah. and turns on him. Right. So then, uh, you know, Triple H and X-Pac and the Outlaws are kind of fighting this whole thing against the corporation. Triple H turns heel at WrestleMania. And Triple H and Rock actually did team together once after Triple H first joined the corporation. Him and Rock faced X-Pac and Kane for the tag titles on an episode of Heat. Damn. Oh, wow. He never won it. Five minutes, but... Uh, um, but it only lasts for like five minutes, but still it happens. 
Yeah. And then, you know, they wrestled each other at Judgment Day. And, yeah, or no, not Judgment Day, Over the Edge. Over the Edge, because that's the one Yubi and Eric did a watch-along for with the Taker match, right? Uh, that stuff fully loaded so. that year. But no, we didn't watch that. We watched Undertaker and Austin. Because they wrestled a fully loaded, too, didn't they? No. Yeah, yeah, it's fully loaded ninety nine. It was their second fully loaded match in a row. Okay. Because they wrestled a fully loaded ninety eight too. These motherfuckers wrestled a lot. Yeah. And uh, that fully loaded ninety nine, that was a strap match that Triple H won to kind of start his ascent to the title. Yeah, but this is heel Triple H. Yes. This is when Triple H started calling himself the game. Okay. So it's when he started being good. Yeah. He did, and then, uh, you know, they did some, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, for right now. Um, like, uh, and then, you know, a lot of people remember, obviously, you know, Triple H, Triple H, Rock, and Austin were supposed to wrestle each other at the Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, one of the – I was really looking forward to that match because I thought it was going to be the best match ever. Well, yeah, it's the three greatest guys in the Attitude Era. Yeah. And it's still – that's like a, what they did with Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and fucking Bianca at the SummerSlam. It's what it like. It's like super false advertising, right? Yeah. They they knew Austin wasn't going to be there, and they fucking kept uh, – Well, no, I mean, he showed up, but he showed up to do the angle. Yeah, but they hyped him up to be in the match. Yeah. Until the day of, during the day of, and then they fucking brought Big Show in. <laughs> yeah, because because it, it wasn't just one of those situations. All right, so from the way I understand, yeah. they had hoped Austin was going to do the match. Yeah. And I think the week before, he said it ain't happening. Yeah. Like. Because the doctor, Dr. Youngblood, who did his spinal surgery, said, I have to, like, we have to schedule your spinal surgery. Now, they didn't schedule it until fucking January, but still. Yeah. Uh, He's like, you cannot do this. So when they ran the angle of... Big Show, a boss man ruining Big Show's dad's funeral. I think that's when Vince knew, all right, we're going to get sympathy for the big man, and we're going to put him in the match. Yeah. But we got to do this thing with Austin. We got to, you know, get him out. Even though technically, like, they again, like I said, they knew, like, the Raw beforehand that he was not going to be in the ring. Like, they're just like, because he said he's like, I can't do it. Like, my neck is not able to. Yeah. Uh, so they did the thing, you know, Big Show came out, <laughs> the triple threat match, and then you have, again, 2000, the year 2000, which that was Triple H and Rock's year. Oh, the year 2000. That's when everything came. Like I said, they carried the year 2000. Yeah. In the year 2000. There we go. Going on Brian. Uh well, basically, that was a year of oh, this flip-flop between Triple H and The Rock. Triple H and The Rock. Yeah. They really did cut carry that um, WWE in 2000. Well, because they were, the, they were the two biggest stars at that point. Rock was the biggest baby face. Triple H was the best heel. 
Yep. Wasn't Taker out for a bit too? Not yet. That was a contract dispute. Okay. Well, it started out as it started out as him getting married, and then it also turned into a contract dispute. So, uh, and then yeah, so he was out. So you basically had to have Rock and Triple H carry him. Yeah, I mean, well, so, and, and they did well this is also the year they had that sixty-man um, Iron Man match, right? Yeah, that was fantastic. Did we cover that? What what papers you said? We never did. Judgment Day two thousand. That string, first of all, and I've then said this: you can't be mad because the backlash match is one of the best things ever. But WrestleMania two thousand or whatever, I love Mick Foley. Okay? Yeah. Love him. I think he's great. I love the big show. I think he's great. That WrestleMania made event needed to be Rock and Triple H, and Rock needed to go over. Absolutely. And the reason why it wasn't is because they wanted Austin involved. Yeah, but fuck Austin. He was gone. Rock was making his own way. Why does Austin need to help Rock anyway? They never liked each other. I don't know, but that's just like what, you know, Somebody in creative is just like, yeah, you know, let's, you know, Austin, because Austin needs to be the one that costs Triple H the title. Yeah. But so that backlash match is one of my favorite matches ever. Yeah. Yeah, we covered uh, the uh, Judgment Day match. We didn't cover the No Way Out. Or we didn't cover the backlash one. The Rock won the last two, right? Did he lose the Judgment Day? He lost the Judgment Day. Yeah. Because Shawn Michaels wanted to make sure his butt buddy got his belt back. Yep. Uh, and um, but then they had the six man at King of the Ring, which uh, King of the Ring 2000 and King of the Ring 98, two of the greatest King of the Ring pay per views of all time. Yeah. Like that King of the Ring 2000 pay per view is so underrated because you had Kurt Angle's. Shining moment, you had Rikishi, you know, basically fight through a lot of the odds. Yeah. You had the six-man title match, which was fantastic. You had Crash Holly basically almost have everybody believe that he was going to make it to the final the King of the Ring. That's nuts. Yeah, it was just, it was so, like, you talk about building stars. They did that in that show. Yeah. Now, now you're just talking about like the camp, not the pay per view, but like the the, the piss, like the tournament itself. Is that what you're talking about? Because I, I well, don't I'm really talking think... about the pay per view, but yeah, like the the tournament itself was great that year too. King of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, I I, I did enjoy the tournament, but not like the pay per view of 2000. Well, it's not really, I wouldn't rank it up there like one of the best out there. Why not? Uh, uh, hold on. I just didn't feel like it. I mean, the tournament itself, yes. But, like, the pay-per-view itself, like, when you watch it, I mean, like, the back card of it. Let's put it that way. The back card. The back card of the pay-per-view. <laughs> so you didn't enjoy the six-man title match? I enjoyed that, but besides you had the six-man tournament, he had 
the tournament besides that, like the back card of the the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Those between these those three everything else, I wouldn't rank it up there as like the best thing in the ring out there. I, I do yes. agree because I, I think well. First of all, Patterson and Briscoe in an evening gown match. <laughs> I love that story though. Yeah. <laughs> and then a four-way tag title match where Edge and Christian did not need the fucking belts again. Yeah. And then you had that dumpster table match, which was more of a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I get what he's saying, but in that King of the Ring tournament, stars were made. Yeah, Angle. Yeah. Angle, Rikishi, and Crash. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I agree with you there. But as a pay-per-view it itself, no. <laughs> Nothing will beat out King of the Ring 98. I'm sorry. <laughs> King of the Ring 98 had everything. Had the tournament. Well, no. I put had King the matches. I'll put King of the Ring. I'll put King of the Ring 98 <laughs> first. But 2000 don't need to be nowhere near, like, the top three. I'm sorry. Booker T's the greatest king of the ring ever. Yeah, but the pay-per-view was done by then. Yeah. I missed the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view was cool, but the problem is it wasn't generating any revenue. Yeah. Can be an issue. Yeah. Uh, Is there any other matches that they have? Uh... Not necessarily on pay-per-view. I think their last pay-per-view match uh, where they went one-on-one was technically the Judgment Day match. Yeah. But then, like, they would be involved in, like, multi-man matches against each other. They were involved in that six-man Hell in a Cell, which we've covered yeah. before on this show. That was a great match. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny how their careers have always been kind of connected. And I like that they weren't friends. They were always had this beef because Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't like The Rock, from what I've always heard. Yeah, because they were jealous. Yeah, because they were afraid he was going to take their spot. Yeah, because he had a lineage. They're all Apple like dogs. The Rock, Rock Austin and Triple H. The beauty of it is none of them were friends. None of those three guys really like liked each other, but they liked working with each other because of the chemistry they all had. And it, I just, that competitive yeah. rivalry between the three made some of the best wrestling product out there. That's just interesting. Do you think yeah. it's sad They're that all... we never got a triple threat match between the three? Yeah. It's a decision. Yes. That, that, that could have made it better WrestleMania. Probably still now. Yeah, probably still now. But, I mean, it, it's not going to happen now because Austin had his moment in the sun. I mean, Triple H's got a defibrillator in his head, so he ain't going to fucking do it. No, Rock's got an ex-wife that controls all his money. You know his daughter's he... actually wrestling now. She's in NXT. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. What's her name? Clintus is Clintus is Rock's daughter. That Kiana James. I don't think so. Cause last time I heard about the Rock's daughter, she was just just practicing down ass But I'm not exactly sure. Because she's in I know NXT. She got, I know that. I just don't know. I don't know the ring name. But I want to say. I don't know ring name. I want to say it's Kiana James. Well, I do not know. Well, we'll right. 
Are we giving our final thoughts, or what are we doing here? I was hoping somebody was going to answer my question. About Keanu James? Yeah. I don't watch any. I think Eric could say he's going to Google it. Okay. Well, let's let Eric Google it. Gonna let's, say anything. let's talk about our feelings in the meantime. Simone Johnson. Simone Johnson. Well, that, that's her. That's her real name. But is her? Is that going to be her ring name? No, it looks like Av Rain. There you go. Well, it's Ava Rain. Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> That's a good name if you're going to get into the adult films. So why don't you just call her the Rock Junior? Call her the Pebble. That was that his wife? Doesn't he have his son? No, it's his daughter. Oh. That is his daughter right there, Doug. Oh. That's Simone. That's Ava Rain. Damn. There she is right there. she got a little more muscle on her there. She looks like the Rock with a fucking wig on. <laughs> Which isn't there. I'm not saying anything about it because he's a handsome man. But, damn, she's kind of jacked, too. She'll do very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You final thoughts on the feud? Or is there any other little... No, we can final thoughts. ...crevices we need to get into? Uh, not really. Not really. All right. Well, I'll go first. Like I said, these two are instrumental in each other's success. While they have both had success elsewhere, they're the best together. Uh, they've had every type of match under the sun. It's always been entertaining. The fact that, like, they talk about how Rock and Austin did three WrestleManias, and it's such a big deal. These two not only main evented, but were, like, wrestled each other on 10 pay-per-views. Yeah. And made money each time. So these guys grew really good against each other. They were phenomenal against each other. And like I said, they carried the year 2000. Austin was out, and the WWE was needed somebody. They needed somebody to steer the ship. Triple H said, well, I'll be the bad guy, and Rock said, I'll be the good guy. And they led that fucking ship. And the year 2000 was just as entertaining as 1999. They didn't skip a beat. So I, I, love, I love both of these guys. Rock's probably my favorite of all time, and I have a lot of respect for Triple H. So uh, yeah, this is this is up there for me, and it's it's probably both guys at least in their top three probably is of all time. Eric, what do you think? Um, as I said, this is one of the best rivalries in that is there. Probably top five, maybe top three. Maybe we should do a countdown with that one day. But um, yeah, these two had great chemistry. I would say they even had better chemistry than Ross and Austin. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but it's right up there with Austin. It's right up there with Austin Rock. They had some classic matches. This was a bitter, even more bitter rivalry than Austin and Rock. We had some, they had a last man standing, right? Last man standing matches, steel cage matches. Did they have a hell in a cell? We were in the Hell in a Cell together, yeah. Oh, yeah, the um, Armageddon one. Um, yeah. Yeah, these two just had great chemistry, and it's sad that um, we didn't get that one last match at WrestleMania 32 um, six, seven years ago. It would have been great. 
I thought the story would have been great, and it would have been a great send-off for both of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Doug? Well, you want to go me or Clintus next? No, no, you're, you're net. All right, No, I usually go last. Well, you got to do the plug. Oh, okay. Just go ahead. Clintus, go. All right. Uh, I want to rank this as my top three Triple H rock, rock, rivalry and wrestling. Um, they really did have great. Uh, everybody's saying they needed a WrestleMania match. Yeah, WrestleMania tw- um, 2000, that wasn't it. But yet they carried that this business in the year 2000 as a good guy, bad guy type of thing. Even beforehand, in 99 with that ladder match, or the Intercontinental title. They, they made that Intercontinental title relevant. They actually made the championship relevant at the time as well. So, yes, they're great together. For two men who did not like each other personally, they did just step out the way and put it on the show for the fans to watch. And they're doing Absolutely. Uh, and everyone, make sure to check out the Wrestling Outlet. And just kidding. All right. Uh, all right, so my final thoughts are this. Take us home, Doug. It was one of the best rivalries in the Attitude Era because you had two guys Austin was your biggest star. He gets hurt because Owen Hart doesn't know how to do a tombstone pile driver. Uh, and so he ends up with a bad neck. You have Triple H and Rock carrying the company for a full calendar year. And they did a fantastic job at it. And, you know, starting off when they were, you know, as rising stars, and then able to still kind of carry that rivalry. And the fact that, yes, they didn't like each other personally, but guess what? It still worked. And sometimes the rivalry works better when you don't like somebody personally. I agree. So that's my final thoughts on it. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. Uh, We forgot to do a worker of the week. Oh, shit. And why did no one tell me that Kevin Gates was on uh, Dynamite? I shouldn't have to. You know I'm a rap fan. You should have brought that up. That one's on you. Uh, That's cool to me. He knocked out Tony Nese. Yeah, he knocked out Tony. Do you know who that is? You've seen me play his music before. I know who he is. Uh, He knocked out out the wrestler, and the manager is the one that got the case. First of all, the manager should have been the one knocked out, but because he's a lawyer, yeah. uh, like fucking, like he has to, he has to be. I mean, he could be embarrassed, but he can't be punched. Yeah, I swear, to God, lawyers are just so fucking useless. Uh, when I when I get in the political office, all lawyers, uh, I'm gonna make it illegal to be a lawyer. Make it illegal to be a uh, an internet troll. And uh, make it to where hookers are only allowed to charge 50 bucks a night. That's my three uh, main goals <laughs> for political office. Lines up. Uh, do you ever work for the week here? I didn't really watch wrestling this week. Um, but I guess okay, I was saying just... Jungle Boy. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the only thing I saw this week was that highlight. 
with him coming back. Clintus, did you ever work through the week? I'm going to go with Eddie Kispin. Ugh. What do you what do you do this week? I mean that far wire everywhere match between that. I was a guy. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I heard mixed reviews about it. I have to go back and watch. All right, uh, Doug, hit us with some with some plugs, and we're getting out of here. All right, make sure you're listening to Boxman and Smart, the Wrestling Outlet, Wednesdays, Mixler dot com slash Wrestling Outlet. They can be found on all major podcast platforms. We're on 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern Time, Wednesday nights. Then catch them Saturday nights, Hollywood Hangout, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, a mixer.com slash Hollywood Hangout. Uh, uh, make sure you catch us Friday nights, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week, I'm not sure what we're doing yet because we may have to pre-record because Next Friday, I gotta we gotta take our uh, kitty cat to the vet. Yeah, Doug gotta get our pussy checked. Yeah, uh, the fat one. Uh, and uh, so we got that. In two weeks, we're gonna be doing another war drum. Uh, in about a month's time, Daniel and I have a new concept that we're gonna debut. Well, it was mostly it was Daniel's idea. It was my idea, but I stole it from Kevin Nash, technically, because uh, I was listening to Nash's new podcast, and they they did a casting for the Click. They casted the Click in the movie in a movie, and I got an idea. We should all give our wrestling movie pitches. If you were in the Hollywood director's chair and they told you you can pick one like era or one like big moment, like the Montreal Screwjob or something, for a movie. Uh, we're gonna pitch it, and we're gonna sit, we're gonna cast any actor ever in their prime, uh, and we're gonna kind of give our our casting and our pitches for wrestling movies, something a little different. I I like it. Uh, and then tomorrow night, catch us seven p.m. Eastern time. I can't I can't wait to do that uh, wrestling movie thing. By the way, uh, seven p.m. Eastern time for Unscripted Unlimited. The original plan was to do a retrospective on a character retrospective on Tony Donoso from NCIS. Uh, Eric has informed us that it should be his turn to pick uh, the topic for the unlimited show, but then he went silent on us for four days. Are you doing the show? <laughs> most probably most likely. Okay. Which so most tomorrow we're going to do. So, huh? So let's give it Eric shit, I think. So, uh, tomorrow, if Eric does do the show, um, then it's going to be top ten favorite Big Brother house guests from each of us. Uh, if he doesn't do the show, fuck Big Brother, and we're doing a Tony, Tony Dinozo retrospective. Have fun. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, we'll and dep- you'll find out what the episode is by who, who ends up scheduling it tomorrow. Uh, listen to Daniel and thing. Mindy. What? Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Listen to Daniel and Mindy. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the Stabcast. For the Stabcast. What are you guys doing on Sunday? The Circle on Netflix. 
Okay. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, catch Daniel and Bobby on the website. Yes. And this week is going to be it's going to be a debate. It's going to be a face-off. So basically, for long-time listeners of the network uh, and fans and settle it in the ring, we're basically doing that. But as a superhero face-off, we got five rounds. I will rep- be representing the Robin that died, Jason Todd, that came back to life as the Red Hood. And uh, Bobby's going to be representing Bruce Wayne's bouncing baby boy, Damian Wayne. And we're going to be going head-to-head to decide who the better character is. Uh, Doug, uh, my Aunt Sharon, and Bobby's girlfriend, Danielle. Hopefully there's not too much bias there. We'll all be there to be the judge. And it should be a really fun time. Yeah. So make sure you check out Sean on Elite Diplodoc, uh, on, U- on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, DDE Collectibles. I will be posting more vlogs up there in the future. I just got lazy because yeah. I'm also in the midst of doing other stuff, including a countdown show for Unlimited, which will be in a few weeks. Eric, what did you have? Uh, I just wanted to confirm that, yeah, Brock Lesnar is, uh, did officially walk out, and they're scrambling to find an opponent. So he's not even going to do SummerSlam? Apparently not. What a pussy. Wait, where, where you we'll find out, I guess, from? in a few minutes. Wait, why did he hear, where did he hear this from? Hello? What did he from? Where did you hear this from? It's on uh, social. <laughs> I don't believe that. All right. Well, all right. Well, Clintus, watch SmackDown and let us know. Mm. I'm going to be watching SmackDown, too. All right. All right. I think think that's it. Uh, Daniel? All right. It was a a beautiful night with some of my favorite people in the world. And me. And and, Doug. Thank you. And, uh... This is another great episode of the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. We will see everybody next week, and uh, have a good week, guys. Later. And a great weekend. Yeah, you too, guys. Later. Later. Later.